0: Hey Luca, how's it going?
1: Hello. How's it going? Good, how are you? I'm pretty good. Nice.
0: You watch any of the outdoor games?
1: I did. I just uh I watched Colorado's first period and then
0: 9 hours um, later you watched the second period.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the second and the third. It was it was uh, a very scenic. I, I very much yeah. enjoyed the games.
0: Oh yeah. Bruins, who had the best fit out of the Bruins?
1: Um I don't know. Their whole team was <laughs> their whole team had really good fits.
0: No, for me, it's gotta be the Bash Brothers. I forget who had it though. Connor Clifton and somebody else. I think. I'm not too sure. Alright. You still there? Oh, how's it going? Okay, there we go.
1: Yeah, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Very weird. Yeah. yeah.
0: What are your thoughts on the impact of the overseas players that are prospects or in the league already?
1: Um, that's a great question. Overseas players in terms of, like, just any players coming from Europe. Yeah. Um, or any Europe, players with, and... like, a European background or yeah. Um, elsewhere. Yeah. yeah. Um it's a great question. I think, I think as we've seen in, in the world juniors year after year, I think, um, I think this year was a good example too. I think a lot of teams had um, even like teams like Germany, just with Stutzla and um, per, other. Perturka other... and Sf- Eliash. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think um, those nations that, maybe like 10 years ago, you'd look at them. And, and if you're Canada or United States fan, you'd look at those nations and be like, Oh, this is like an easy victory. And it's not, not anymore based on just um, the talent that those countries are producing. And it's, (laughs) it's been really fun to watch. And I think players like Leon Dreisaitl and um, just the Germany example specifically, I mean, the popularity of someone like that and of his stature for, for people in that country to see like, Oh, this is a route I can take. Like this, this player is one of the five best players in hockey. Like this, this could be a thing. So um, it's, it's great to see. And I know I love it around world juniors time, especially just because it makes the tournament that much more exciting when there's, there's a lot more parody when, when it's not just the United States, Canada, and even, Sweden and Finland to to those extents because those nations are are stacked with with talent as well especially young talent right now so
0: oh yeah because like the bigger the country you are like the more like talent you have to pick from if like U.S. put the amount of money into hockey that they do football they nobody would ever beat them
1: for sure like it's it's definitely um and I mean part of the reason too is just when you look at a sport like hockey and compare it to baseball basketball football um as a young kid growing up you probably think wherever you're living i mean if if you can play one of those other sports it's it's a better living as far as the money goes so um it it makes it makes it just the conversation in general a little a little more interesting when you look at it from that perspective
0: oh yeah and like the fact that Germany was able to compete with Russia and almost beat Russia. Mm-hmm. That was like one of the best games I've ever seen from like a country like that against Russia. That's not usually like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think everyone just loves upsets in those tournaments, especially. And oh, yeah. um especially from those, those smaller countries, like you said, that may not exactly be known for, Um, winning medals on the international stage and you may not know a lot of their players, but yeah, like I said, I think um, year after year we're reminded that there are a lot of good players outside of North America. And I think you can just, you can see it in the NHL as well with, with some of the top players, whether it be um, the Sebastian Ajos or the, um, the Patrick Lineys, the dry the, Nino Niederreiter, Kevin Fiala, like these are guys that. Eero Exactly. These are these are players that, and I know there's a million other ones that we're forgetting. Um, oh yeah. Even like a goaltender like Andrei Vasilevsky, and um, it, it, these are just reminders that there's so much talent throughout the world, and um, hopefully hockey just continues to grow in. In countries where it may not be as popular, and and we get more people wanting to play hockey, and you can continue to see the the kind of development um, outside of the United States and Canada.
0: Yeah, because Germany's main sport, I'm pretty sure, is soccer. Yeah, yeah,
1: that that is uh, that is totally totally true, and that totally makes sense.
0: Does Edmonton have what it takes to be a Stanley Cup contender?
1: Um, I'll say no, and the only reason I say no is because... Goaltending. Yeah, goaltending and defense, and, and I think just I know how good McDavid and Dreisaitl are, but... Can't, like, rely I, on them
0: every single night.
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's a bit of that. I just think maybe this year, I mean, this year is so unique because I look at that North division, and you talk about a team like the Oilers or Toronto, and you, you think, like, all right, okay. They they could get to a final four spot just because of the lack of depth of the North Division. Because <laughs> yeah, McDavid could go on a tear and Dry could go on a tear and they have them. yeah, exactly. And if if you face a team like Montreal that doesn't have as as high caliber scoring threats as as a McDavid or a Matthews or a Dreisidal. Um, yeah. and maybe be able to to overwhelm them. I just think that when these teams kind of face a stingier defensive team with a little more structure, better goaltending, um, and that won't be until the final four. I don't think unless um, unless you face off against the Jets, because I think the I Jets Bacchus and even Montreal, yeah, exactly. And I think I think the Jets and and Montreal, I'd put in that same category along along with them just because of Carey Price and because of their structure. Um I think they're a really good defensive team. I just don't know if they can keep up offensively offensively in a seven game series. But yeah, I think I think the Oilers I mean they can compete for a cup. Do I think they'll win it? No, just because their goaltending is such a question mark and um defensively they um it's just, it doesn't inspire confidence in me for a seven-game series. Because
0: oh. Mike Smith, prime Mike Smith, that team's good. But now he's just getting older, and it's just harder for him to, com- like, be a goalie that they can rely on. As is Miko Koskinen, he's, like, he didn't really get much starting time till like, last year. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, I mean, even with... With Prime Mike Smith, I think the way the Oilers play is just a lot of this. It's it's um it's a fun style of hockey when you're just going up and down the ice and when you're rolling like they were on Saturday night against Calgary, like it, they are tough yeah. to stop. They got outshot the
0: badly too.
1: Yeah, and and that's gonna that's gonna definitely happen. But you look outside of like the top. Here, like their their top line basically are top five players with McDavid, Drysaddle, Ryan Nugent, Hopkins, Nurse, and Tyson Berry, and then the drop off for production, um, you kind of see it after that. Like Jesse Pulleyrv has been he's been decent. He's getting um, there. Yeah, he's definitely getting there. And like I know Kayler Yamamoto has a lot of expectations on his shoulders, but um, oh, yeah. that team, I just don't think the depth is quite there and maybe they'll they'll prove a lot of people wrong by being like you know what yeah we we absolutely can still be good and yeah that's that's just based purely on the fact that we have McDavid we have Dreisaitl those players are going to take over every single night and when they're not they're not but more times than not they are going to and if we can get some goaltending I know Mike Smith has only started five games he's Four and zero with a 183 goals against average so he's been he's been good when he's played um and, and Koskinen obviously has not but it might be enough to to get them to the conference final and then when you get to a conference final and you have a player like McDavid and a player like Dreisaitl it's yeah. not out of the question that they can win a Stanley Cup with those two yeah. I just don't think the rest of their team in um, their goaltending and their defense as, as an overall unit, I don't think it's on par with some of the elite teams in the NHL that um, can probably compete or in a better spot to compete for a cup right now.
0: Yeah. I think uh, they're in the Western Conference, right, the North Division?
1: Yes. So the winner is going to face either – I mean, you assume it'll be oh, either – Vegas winner, or Colorado? Colorado, Vegas, or if the Blues um, – Make it there. It's, blues it's are be first right now. Yeah, I think it's just a product of playing a lot more games than the Abs in Vegas, just because of because of COVID. But I'm I'm pretty sure yeah. the Abs are like right behind them. Um, yeah, and they played. I think um, um, the, the Avalanche
0: games. have more like talent than the Blues do. Not by right. any means. I'm not calling the Blues bad at all.
1: No, I, I we've talked about this a lot just among our group about the Blues and like what we think of them. And I think I think they're a good team. I just they they I'm not a big believer in Jordan Binnington as a number one. Did goalie. that
0: one good playoff run. That was about it.
1: Yeah, he hasn't I, played uh, amazing. Exactly. Though. It's it's not to say he's a bad goaltender. I just don't think he is. He is like I think I, I'd throw him in kind of the middle of the pack, like. I think he's obviously he's proven he's got the ability to be um, an elite goaltender and and one of the best goalies, but I just don't think that he is that outside of that Stanley Cup run. I think we saw it a lot last year in the bubble, and I think we're seeing it this mm-hmm. year too. Like the Blues have just a goal differential of three, like fifty-six goals against for that team, and the loss of Petrangelo is is massive for that team as well. So, but they did get
0: Cory Torrey Krug, who's like really good.
1: Yeah, I, I like Tori Krug a lot. I think oh, yeah. I think Petrangelo might just be a cut above because of his size and um as far as just defensively goes. I don't I don't know if um I'm I'm not sure what the analytics say about Tori Krug as far as how he has been defensively so far this season. And I, I yeah. know is definitely struggling in in Vegas right now, struggling to his standards anyway, but yeah. Um no but Krug like he's he's a plus thirteen, I know plus minus isn't everything. Eleven points. Like yeah. he's he's a good defenseman. I, I just I look at that team and they they have a lot of a lot of guys that are really good. They bought into that system and I wouldn't be surprised if they made another run, but I just think there are a lot more talented teams out there um yeah. that are better than the Blues.
0: I think Gibson's one of those goalies that you can say who's like a top five goalie, just has terrible defense and on a terrible team. One of those goalies.
1: Yeah, I think so too. Oh yeah, it'd be fair to say.
0: What does Colorado need to make their team complete?
1: Um, I I think they're a complete team, and it's it might just be my bias as an abs fan, but I I genuinely think when they are healthy, um, the additions of Brandon Saad and Devontae's make them and and the emergence of Bo and Byram on the blue line as well and um, kill McCarr yeah exactly I think they were I think they were pretty darn close to a complete team coming into the season and then they made those moves and Byram has played and he's going to be playing with the big club now for the rest of the year and into the the playoffs um, if there's one area of concern I think it's backup goalie as we kind of saw last year in the playoffs them having to go to their third string goaltender and i know phil has been incredible this year it's it's been really pleasant to see because i know he um just having watched him i've always thought that he's he's a pretty darn good goalie and he could get to this level and that's kind of what i thought when they made that trade in the first place to acquire him from washington i thought okay yeah like this makes sense to me he's a they view him as a number one goalie and i can see it and i think um, he's putting it all together, but he also does have an injury history and with France not um not playing right now and they, they had an update on him today saying he's gonna be out long term as well. Um, it may be a smart idea to just make a deal for a backup goaltender if you can. Um but they may yeah. believe they may, may believe in, in the goalies they have in their system and they may also believe that you know what, they've had some time off here. Um which is great it it allowed everyone to get healthy because they had a lot of injuries and some players on the COVID list and so um, Mm -hmm. it's nice to see that Grubauer got a rest and he's kind of carried over his really strong play but I think if you're looking at this team before the season kind of started everyone was was saying you know what yep they're loaded up front they're loaded on the back end and Kale McCarr has taken his game to a whole other level this year Um, I know the analytics on him are just insane like basically oh, yeah. valued as as one of the best players in hockey, if not the best, depending on some models you you kind of look at, um, which is which is incredible. But um I think the one question was always in net and that's always been my question. And so far this season, Grubauer has answered that with with flying colors. He's been really, yeah. really <laughs> solid for them and um it's nice to see I mean after after that long layoff they played three games against Vegas here. Some really I mean that the only other team close I close games yeah, close games like that first game after a long rust. They, along, uh, one nothing, I think. Off. Yeah, they, they lost one nothing. And, um, I, I felt like they played better after the first period than Vegas. And the last two games, I've, I've thought they were the better team. And it's nice to see them playing so well against the top competition in their division and one of the top teams in the NHL. So, um, yeah, I, I genuinely think this is a complete team. The second line's playing really well now. Um, McKinnon is McKinnon. And oh yeah, Brandon they... is Renton. Exactly. It, it's really just about
0: and Skog's playing pretty good.
1: Yeah, yeah no I worries. saw a
0: rumor at the start of the year that Tuukka Rask could have been dealt to Colorado.
1: Yeah, I feel like they were involved in some goaltending rumors and in, in free agency and in the summer. But I'm I'm happy they didn't make a move. I I think Grubauer is is just showing again. That, they should
0: have went after Craig Anderson to be fully honest in free ag- free agency.
1: Maybe as like a backup,
0: backup.
1: but Francis yeah. was really good last year, and like I, if he wasn't, if he wasn't hurt. Like he had an outstanding regular season, especially when Grubauer went down because someone needed to step up, and they had. I think that's that's the thing with this Avs team the past couple of years. Injuries have really just made made it so that other players have had to step up, and so. I don't worry about the depth of this team at all. I don't worry about if McKinnon goes out or Ranson and goes out or Landiscow goes out because they've proven proven time and time and again that they can they can still win games um with anyone. They they got to a game seven against Dallas with Hutch and were an overtime away from advancing to the conference final. Um
0: Yeah, a lot of a lot of people this year have Colorado winning the whole thing. I do mm-hmm. not disagree with them whatsoever.
1: No, but I don't think it's
0: the contract nice. with Ms. McKinnon they have right now is a steal. He's yep. getting what five point seven or something, five point seven
1: five. Yeah, it's something. It's something very small, and I know he'll. I know he'll be in for a pay raise, which is a well-deserved pay raise. But um, I know he's been pay on the rate. record just saying that he'll take another cut if it means keeping this team together, because I think he recognizes the the opportunity that this Colorado team has. Um, he
0: trains with Sidney Crosby a lot, and you see a lot of Sidney Crosby in his game. That's the thing.
1: Thank you, Trent. yeah, definitely. And I, I know those guys push each other, I'm sure, just training with one another. And, um, I just think that, like, McKinnon is so different from like, there are different ways to dominate games. And I think that, um, you see it offensively, so yeah. You see it you see it offensively with McDavid and in, in dynamic ways. I think McKinnon has a lot of that in his game and then um just the way the way he controls the puck, controls the game, the gravity and attention that um he has whenever he has the puck, it just it makes everyone around him better and it's it's really special to see.
0: Yeah. Does Matthews still have the amount of goals he has now without Mitch Marner on his line?
1: Um, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think so. I think it's...
0: No. I think Marner is better than Matthews in a lot of ways, but I think Marner is the best player on that team. A lot of people call me like, it's like, no, you're crazy. No way. Matthews is the best player on that team.
1: Mm, no. I will say, like, I... Personally speaking, I've always said that my favorite player to watch on the Leaps is Mitch Marner just because every game he's making a play or doing something, whether it be a move or the way he receives a pass or just, just something that just wows me every single time. And um, his creativity his IQ is passing. He, he is just a really exceptional player. I also think that Austin Matthews is absolutely incredible. And yeah, um, I think a lot, there are so many different factors for why he's, scoring at the rate he is. I mean, it it certainly helps. Yeah. He, he's obviously one of the best goal scorers in hockey since he came in the league. Only Ovechkin has more goals than him. And I'm pretty sure he leads the league mm-hmm. in five on five goals since he entered the league. So like he he is, he it is does. arguably the best goal scorer in hockey right now. And he'd probably be having a lot of success without Mitch Marner. I think Mitch Marner makes his life a lot easier. I think Matthews makes Mitch Marner's life a lot easier because um, those two are so – just so simpatico if you will that they they really have a a really great chemistry and we've seen it like with Thornton injured you just insert Hyman and now both of them aren't playing tonight so you'll see someone else go on that line and they won't miss a beat like they
0: Muzzin's not playing either no no
1: but it it just it's one of those things that like you can put anyone beside them too and they'll they'll succeed I think um Matthews obviously brings the goal scoring, and Marner puts puts the puck where it needs to be and puts Matthews in positions to succeed. And I think Matthews' playmaking is probably a little underrated. Um, so, yeah, I, like, yeah, I definitely don't think if, if Matthews is playing with anyone else that he's getting the number of goals that he has. But at the same time, I think it's probably getting close because he is just that dynamic of a player.
0: Yeah. Marner, Marner had both had assists on both Matthews goals on Saturday.
1: I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you can probably look at all the game sheets and, and box scores, and you'll see when when one of them scores, the other one's name is likely to be um, one of the two assist exactly. spots beside them. And I know Marner's had a lot of
0: same with McDavid or Dryside. Oh, exactly. You'll see probably.
1: Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's when you're, it's one of those like chicken and egg scenarios. What came first? Who's better? I don't think, I don't think you can look at it like that. I think you just look at it as both are exceptional players. And when they play together, it's something special and um, exactly. they'd be really good players on their own. But when you put them together, it's, it's this unstoppable force, um, at least in the North division. Yeah. Is McDavid
0: the future of the NHL?
1: Yeah, I think so. I I think like the future is now. I think this weekend was kind of a perfect example of it. On Saturday, with like Matthews getting four points and then yeah. McDavid five, and then McKinnon resumes play and he gets three. It's it's those three players, and I know there's a lot more, but if you want to look at like the faces of hockey, um, because it's been Crosby and Ovechkin's league for a long time, and um, when you when you think of just the next faces of hockey, you you tend to think it's those three i i don't think i think mcdavid's kind of been in that spotlight for a couple years now especially i I mean really since he entered the league but the last the last few years when he's just absolutely dominated i think um the future is now for for him and it's going to be for a long time for him mckinnon matthews and um just all the other talented young players the nhl is in really good hands and hockey's in really good hands with with the youth and and talent at every position that they have across the league.
0: Yeah. Who's going to win each division?
1: All right. Who's going to win each division? So, I'll say I mean the Leafs, the Leafs are obviously going to win the North. I don't think it's close. I don't think any team can <laughs> can come near them. It's it's disappointing as a as a non league fan. Um but I, Oh yeah. You look at the Oilers, they've only played one more game than the Leafs, and they're six points back. They have a lot of games left against Toronto. They've won three in a row. You look at the Jets, they're seven points back, have a game in hand, still have, I believe it's eight more, eight or nine more games against the Leafs. So say what you will, but if the Leafs maybe drop like five games to the Oilers the rest of the year, like that makes up the points that they had, and then the Oilers are just facing these other teams. So... Um, I, I don't want to just dismiss that as a race, but I, I just feel like the way Toronto is playing and, um, the level of competition that they're, they're playing against. I know every division isn't really strong other than the East, but I think the North just lacks in in a lot of teams and a lot of different yeah. areas. So I'll go leaps for the North. Um, can't
0: throw games away against teams like Ottawa.
1: Definitely not, but I, I think it just happens. Like it happens to every team. It's going to happen, especially when you're playing them like three times in a row. Like there's there's bound to be a letdown there. Um, so I understand it. Um, the The central yeah. is is really interesting. I like I like a lot of the teams in the central. Um, I like Carolina. They're they're so good and so fun to watch. Um, I really like Florida. Yeah. They're they're a bit of a weird team. Um, I'm very surprised yeah. at the success they've had, and Tampa Bay is the defending champs, and they look like they're the defending champs. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Carolina. I know they're, I mean, they're first right now, but it's it's a close race. But I just, I don't know. I've I've really liked Carolina's start, and they've done this all without Peter Morazic recently as well.
0: He's Peter Mrazek's played so well he played so well until he got when he got Yeah, injured.
1: exactly. He, he's he been, he's been good and they've just, they've kept on rolling with James Reimer and um, their, their other goaltender whose name escapes me that got a shutout over the weekend. He shut out the lightning. So I, I just think it's a really deep team. I think it's a really Alex Nelkovich. Nd- Nd- yes, Nd- Elk- that's the one, but yeah, Sebastian Ajo is great. Tara is great. Their decor is pretty, pretty solid. Slavin's probably a guy that deserves to get a lot more respect than he does. Um, you have a Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. Favorite. And and you have players like Nino Niederreiter who's up to nine goals. I think he scored 11 all of last year. Jordan Stahl is turning. Irvine and Exactly. Shveshnikov. You got Brock McGinn playing really well. Like they, they have a really good roster. Um, it's been, it's been really fun to watch. I feel like they are kind of Colorado light of the Eastern conference in, in terms of just style mm-hmm. they play. I think it's really enjoyable. Um, Tampa Bay is going to be in the top three for sure. They may even challenge for that. They're fourth right now. Yeah, and I mean it's just lack of games that they're behind Chicago, like four games in hand on yeah. them. Chicago's played well, surprisingly. Yeah, I don't know.
0: It's that goal cool differential
1: is is a little scary right now. And yeah,
0: goaltending's obviously going to be a concern
1: for of sure. There's sure. and I think Florida. Let's see how long they can they can hang around. I mean, they they're off to a great start. They're they're definitely going to make the playoffs at this rate, barring something crazy. Um, but then you look at the stars too. That that one's an interesting scenario. They started off so well. They've lost five in a row. They've missed yeah. They've so missed many so games. many games, so you can't really get into the swing of things for starters. But I, I just think they're out of it in the East. I'll. I think I'll stick with the Bruins on top. I think they're they're just a yeah, they're just a cut above everyone. I know a lot of people kinda looked at their losses of, of Chara and um Krug and Krug. But McAvoy has yeah, stepped he, up. I, and I think I think he's a good good defenseman. Like I think this is this is just something that he's kind of played his way into and um and there were obviously high expectations for him when he was drafted, and just how well, how well he played mm-hmm. throughout his his first few years in the league. And now this is his blue line, and um, he looks great on it. But David Pasternak's incredible, Marshawn Bergeron. Um, they've, they've got a lot yeah. of great players. Nick Ritchie, um, just just Jake DeBrusk. I know he's not not playing as well as he probably. Um, could be, be playing and like to have that problem is pretty great. Yeah. Um, Craig Smith, I know, was a great off-season signing. Charlie Coyle, like, it's a really good team. It's it's a really good team, and I'm I.
0: Paul Axe playing well. They have good goaltending core in and yeah. in and out. Rask definitely, starting good. definitely good.
1: definitely. I agree, and I mean Washington, Philly, Pittsburgh, and then you've got the Islanders that are still there, kind of kind of hanging on i think it'll be interesting to see how that kind of plays out throughout the season but i think the bruins are going to win that division and i think when it's all said and done the abs will win the west um it'll be them yeah. or vegas
0: it'll be a, a, they're the two best offenses offensive teams like if you look at their both of them compared goals per game it's like a point zero one difference of first yeah. and second everything they just play so similar and it's been good for vegas that Robert leonard has been injured so flurry can start. yeah
1: yeah i know I, I, that was a weird situation weird last year and weird. you felt bad for flurry just because he's he's been such a such a good goaltender oh, yeah. but you understand it from vegas's side of things that he's not getting any younger and you need an option and leonard's a pretty darn good option based on the way he played so yeah i i think that i think the abs will eventually just just take the division. I think they're they're playing so well defensively and a lot better than I thought defensively. Um McKinnon is has been yeah. very unlucky. Speaking as someone who has watched every Avalanche game so far this season. Um the amount of posts he's hit and the amount of posts Kale McCarr has hit. Like these guys should be scoring a lot more. Um, and the the numbers are gonna come. The numbers are gonna come. So I, I think they've they've probably wanted exactly. to score more goals. <laughs> um this year and they've had the opportunities to but the fact that they are
0: especially that eight nothing win over st louis was so convincing because it's not just like and like one of the worst team in division that's like one of the top contenders in that division and you score eight goals against them, and shut
1: them yeah back, exactly dude. and i think it was a nice bounce back after kind of a, a deflating opening night loss Lost, so, yeah um yeah i i think they'll just first I, I don't think as long as they don't face Vegas that first yeah. round, I'll be happy. Yeah,
0: because I think it'll go one versus four, yeah. two versus no, three. No, exactly. I,
1: I'm just thinking like if if the Blues somehow Thanks. were to win the division, I don't think they will. Um, they've they've been really all over the place to start the year, which which isn't surprising to me. But I think they'll finish third, and looks like looks like the Kings might sneak in, which is which is fun, or the Coyotes. It's a,
0: that's a close race at the end too at yeah. the end too because anaheim's two points back and they're last but they should not make the playoffs they don't want to get embarrassed they if i was anaheim i would not want to make the playoffs so i can get like good pick and, like there are prospects right now they have one of the best prospect pools jamie drysdale and trevor zegras who is playing mm-hmm. today.
1: definitely yeah I, I i agree i don't think they're they're not trying to make the playoffs, that's for sure. They're gonna try and win every game, but just based on the, the talents of the other teams. But yeah, even the wild are an interesting team. Only played fourteen games as well, so they've yeah. got a few games in hand and they're they're kinda right there. They started really, really hot and um we'll see.
0: Now they're really, really nice. Yeah, and I
1: mean it's it's a product well, I mean they've won they've won two in a row, but it, it's a product of just not playing for a little while, but I mean, they're I I think if they can feast on those teams like they were at the beginning of the year on the kings of the world and the ducks and the sharks of the world, they they may very well when it's all said and done be that fourth team. And um, it scares me a little as an Avalanche fan because we've had some trouble with the wild when we are favored in in series, but it'll be nice to it would be really nice to beat them as well.
0: Oh, yeah. What's your favorite part of working for TSN?
1: Um, my favorite part of working for TSN is just the people. People I work with are incredible. Um, they make just coming to work every every day really fun and really exciting. And um, yeah, I know in in this kind of virtual virtual workspace that we're working in right now, just due to due to COVID and everything, I think it's it's just so important to love the people you work with in any job and. Um, the people I work with I I love them they're like a family to me and they bring out the best in me every single day and uh, I bring out the best in them and I think um, it's just a it's a great camaraderie and they they make the the successes even better and they make the tough times not so tough because uh, yeah yeah, you go through with them and um, you know everyone kind of has your back and you're all working towards the same goals and you're on the same page so Um, we've worked really hard to get where we are as a group. And I think that's kind of my proudest accomplishment of working at TSN is just becoming as big as we have, but doing it together and doing it because we really just do care for and appreciate each other. Um, Yeah. It's, it's a special Mm -hmm. group we've got for sure.
0: The only thing you can't count on is Jesse getting back for defense.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes you can't count on me doing that either. And I play defense, so that's not great. (laughs) Uh. (laughs)
0: Last question. What, who's the most overrated and underrated player in the NHL? Oh,
1: wow. That's that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to say Sam Girard is the most underrated player in the NHL. Um, not because of my avalanche bias. I just don't think a lot of people watch Avs games. And if they do, they'd realize how good Sam Gerrard is. I mean, for an undersized defenseman, like, oh, yeah, he can move the puck. He can he is a one man zone exit, like and especially this year and and last year in the bubble. He just that's another contract that's a steal. of. It was a steal of a contract when they signed it. And based on how he's played last year in the playoffs and, and to start this year, it's even more of a steal of a contract, and I I don't think when people look at the Avalanche and talk about their elite top end talent, like you you have McKinnon and Rantanen and mccarr and hopefully Byram, but I don't think Gerard gets mentioned in those conversations all that often, and I and no. he absolutely deserves to be. I think he is he is so so good, and um, his elusiveness, his skating ability, being an undersized player and being able to hold his own in the defensive end of the ice and um not get worked over by bigger and and stronger forwards that you might think by just looking at him that they'd be able to do but he uses his stick so well um his transition out of the zone is great his passing is great um
0: honestly for me it's probably like jeff skinner around that jeff skinner he's good
1: yeah i He's not, he's, Buffalo's been yeah. kind of a mess this year, so it's, it's been tough. Um, the most overrated is tough. I, I don't... It was Liney before he got traded. <sighs> to be I don't agree I with that. <laughs> I, I think Patrick Line is really, really good. I just... I think yeah. that it, it's tough when you're being compared to Austin Matthews your entire career, and just seeing what Matthews is doing, and oh, so yeah. I don't... I don't know. Overrated is, is really tough for me. Um, like, I don't know. I, I don't want to pick a Leaf because I I just don't like the Leafs and it might sound biased, but I know a lot of analytics Nylander. people like Nylander and <sighs> I understand why. I mean, but there are a lot of games I watch where um, it kind of, it,
0: it doesn't, doesn't really translate
1: do to me. <laughs> and it, yeah. And it,
0: Got benched on he Saturday. He
1: did, and I, I think he's a really good player. I, I would love to have a William Nylander on my team and to have him... You just pay him too much. I think he, for for the price he is, I think he's, I think the Leafs, that's probably their best deal, to be honest with you. Um, because he, he's been great. Yeah. And like, I know, I think people just expect a lot of him and I'm, I'm not the biggest analytics guy. I've tried to get into it and I'm, I'm learning. I'm slowly learning, and so... I understand that he his analytics are some of the best on the team, better than players like Matthews and Martyr in some respects. And but there are just so many times I watch and I'm just like, okay. I don't see him creating the way yeah. Mitch Martyr does. I don't see him creating the sure. way Austin Matthews does. So is he an elite player from an analytical standpoint? Very well could be. But if no. you take him outside of his current situation of playing on the second line in Toronto with a player like John Tavares and probably not going against a player's or a team's best pairing because they're loading up to kind of take, take their best shot at slowing down Matthews, Matthews and Marner. Exactly. And you put him just, if we're going to compare players one by one um, and just, you look at a guy at, like, there have been, I've gotten into arguments with people on Twitter that are saying Nylander's elite, um, pointing out the fact that, like, he has more points than McKinnon did through his first three years, and just pointing that out as a thing that, like, he's only going to get better, and he's that player, could be that player, and I, I just look at Nylander, and I'm like, he's got a very good shot, pretty good passer, I think, like, I, I don't think anyone would argue that, I think he's a, he's a really good player, but I don't think he's ever going to be an elite player like a McKinnon, like a McDavid, like a Matthews, even like a Mitch Martin I don't think he has that level to of his game to him. And maybe he'll be a really good analytical player for the entirety of his career. And I'm not saying that's not valuable. And I'm not saying that doesn't make him elite in that respect, but I just think that there's, there's this intersection of analytics and what you're, what your eyes kind of tell you, and it's hard to believe the analytics on a player like Nylander sometimes when you watch him disappear from games, and maybe maybe us as hockey fans need to be better at watching and seeing the little things he does, and yeah. maybe that that is va- and it's absolutely value because there are so many little things that you can do in a hockey game. But I just think that to be called an elite player amongst the elite of the elite there also has to be a production element to it and you have to produce at a high level night in and night out and maybe that production is just in the defensive zone or being on the ice for more chances for than chances against and maybe there is some puck luck that's kind of there I just I I think if you drop Nylander into any other situation and put a couple of players around him that are not as good as the players that he's playing with in Toronto. I don't think you see the same results from an analytical standpoint or from a production standpoint. I don't think he is the driving force behind any um, any one elite line. I think he's an incredible player. And again, a lot of teams would love to have a player like William Nylander. I know the Avalanche, if they traded for William Nylander, hell yeah, I'd be ecstatic because I know what his role is. Really. He's coming in as a second-line second. player. And he's going to be great on the power play. And he's going to be someone that will absolutely score for you and make plays. But I don't see him. Um, I don't it's it's hard for me to watch a leaf game and then look at look at his performance and then look at the analytics and just be like, okay, this is this is tough. He's he really is a conundrum. He really is a conundrum. And I understand it from both perspectives yeah. because everyone that has something against Neilander. They watch him, and it's like, okay, what is he doing? And the analytics are saying, well, he's on the ice for more chances for than against whenever he's on the ice, and that percentage is really high. And he's very good defensively. He transitions the puck well. He gets the puck out of the zone well. Um, He does a lot of the little things that you're looking for right. So it is really this intersection of analytics and, I guess, tempering expectations of what you think that player could be when you watch him and tempering expectations as far as Okay, like I know he's never gonna be a Matthews. He's never gonna be a McKinnon. But he can still be elite in other ways and other definitions of the word, just not elite as like an all around player that also puts up a hundred points a year because he's never gonna be that.
0: No. I think Marner is in a sense could be underrated because like the amount of talent that he like they that he possesses, it doesn't get recognized as much I as agree. it should.
1: I agree. I think I think a lot of players because
0: like I saw a yeah. list that was like top 100 and it was like and he was 32nd. Yeah, yeah, like, that's crazy. Uh, okay. That doesn't
1: make sense to me. I think a lot of people look at him and are still upset. And the same thing is with Nylander too. They're still upset about how the contracts went down and um, they hold that against them. But and I mean the same people that want to trade Nylander and, and Marner last year and were crying for it after. Um, they're lost to Columbus, or the same people that are praising them right now and defending them to all ends. They of the got world.
0: out-coached in that series. A lot of things
1: went wrong, and I think like if you play that series back, like, the the Blue Jackets probably aren't winning. They they got a great goaltending performance, and um, they they.
0: That's a good goaltending tandem too. Uh, so it was. I don't
1: think it is anymore.
0: There's Lincoln's I think one of them got injured. I think so too. Yeah, but I just,
1: I, I look at that Columbus team and I'm just like, yeah, like this is a mad team. But they, they, I guess are built for playoff hockey, and they also were were pretty lucky that series. I would say, if, if anything, they they got the yeah. goaltending that they needed, and it was timely. But I think you saw in the second round when they faced a team like Tampa, it was, it was way too much for them, and eventually, I was like. Good yeah, game. good series that overtime series. That overtime thriller. But I think when they went up against a team like that, you saw that you know what, like this this probably should have happened last round, but it didn't, and now it's happening this round.
0: Yeah, Seth Jones is one of, another guy that comes to mind. Uh, uh, underrated has a, has had a terrible start. To
1: this I feel game. like he's a guy that people actually think is overrated. I think analytics, especially. Yeah, oh. that's why I said.
0: I said under, I think oh, I said, okay. said under. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. He, he gets a lot of praise for just being able to like eat minutes. And, um, He was in that one trade for, um, Hanson. yeah, they traded him. Ryan they traded Hanson, him one yeah. one. And I think a lot of people, if you were to ask like, who the top 10 defenseman in the league, like I think based on just his reputation because of how many minutes he plays and he's got some offensive upside to his game, people would probably put him in that category, but I know the analytics on him are not great. And so, no. Yeah, he's he's another tough one. I I feel like Corwin Corwin also agrees with me as as far as, um, he's he's always quick to point this out when someone talks about Seth Jones. Like Jesse loves Seth Jones, but Corwin's always like, no, he's like he's definitely overrated. Like the numbers are not there for him, and so even if he's playing like oh, thirty yeah. minutes a night, like it's the numbers are just not there for him. He's not mm-hmm. a number one defenseman. So, yeah, he he could definitely be another one. Oh yeah. Speaking about
0: top 10 defensemen, I think it's in that conversation, you got Carl, John Carlson, probably Charlie McAvoy, Torrey crew, Petrangelo the list goes on. Yeah,
1: definitely. I, I think another, another, I mean, kind of overrated player. Like he's, he may just be having a bad start to the year is Quinn Hughes, I think. Um, yeah. He's not, he's, much. he's an offensive defenseman for sure. Like 21 points in 22 games. He's, He's producing at a high level on that end, but I just think that this year, yeah. I don't know whether it be just a combination of not playing with Tanev anymore and or the fact that, like. Jack
0: Hughes is finally actually starting to pick up yeah, this game. Yeah, Jack,
1: Jack looks okay.
0: Jack. I, yeah.
1: I, I haven't watched enough, enough Devils games to know, but I just based on, I mean, I guess production wise.
0: Also, on yesterday, it was lost to Washington. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know yeah, no, those
1: those two players are – it'll be interesting to see how their careers kind of unfold because I think Quinn is, is always going to be a polarizing topic. But um, you just think his yeah. defensive game is going to grow. But every time I've watched the Canucks this year, he just – or a lot of goals they give up. He just looks out of position and losing battles. And um, it's been a really t- – Small. He is, but uh, like player again, like a player like Sam Gerrard, he's he's figured out a way to play amongst the bigger players, and um, a player like Quinn Hughes, when your upside is on the offensive end a lot more than the defensive end, you tend to take a little more chances, and um, yeah, it's it's just been a really eye-opening season for him. I think think he's definitely better defensively than how he's played, but I also don't think he'll ever be. A number one defenseman based on the fact that like defenses being a defenseman isn't all about scoring so like the 21 points are nice um, but he's been on i know this was a maybe a couple weeks old this i saw the stat or a week but he's been on for more even strength goals against than any other player like that's that's what yeah. a, a defenseman's primary job is like you you are supposed to be good in your own end and if you can add on offense that's a bonus but you think about the complete defenseman in the league and i mean to to mention like a guy like kale mccarr like he
0: kale mccarr is going to win the norris he should he's
1: playing really well i think i think he definitely has to kind of keep on producing as far as the numbers go but um but yeah he's been so darn good defensively and every time you watch him it's it's been kind of a treat to watch so yeah
0: yeah. All right, Luca, thank you for coming on my podcast. Have a have a great day.
1: Anytime. Day. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. Glad we could do this. All
0: right. Oh yeah. yeah. It was fun. Take care. All right. Yeah, you Bye. too.